All right, everybody, talk about it outdoors live in the Wilson studio. I am your host, Alex DeBoard. As always, my legendary turkey assassin. He's coming at you from all over the place. What is that racket? <laughs> it must be the man in the background talking about it. Hey, can't wait to kick this one up and get it underway for you. Y'all stay tuned. Either he's laughing at us or... Either he's laughing or he's playing a turkey call. I'm not sure. <laughs> Levi Wilson, welcome to Talk About It Outdoors. What's up, guys? How's it going? We're glad to have you here. For everybody that doesn't know, Levi Wilson is known as the Turkey Man on Instagram. He is uh, from Crossville, Tennessee, and he is a third-generation taxidermist and employed at Wilson's Wildlife Taxidermy. Levi, it's a pleasure to have you here, man, and uh, we can't wait to talk to you a little bit. Absolutely, man. I'm excited. When you uh, when you first reached out to me through Matt Jennings from the game, we got to talking on the phone, and right away I knew you were somebody that I could get along with and, and that Nick would enjoy talking to because of your love for the turkey game. I mean, the, he's a turkey hunter, and he's a turkey hammer. He's been all over the place this year trying to kill them. And, uh, trying to kill them. Well, about all. you've been hunting them, and you've been putting your time and effort in, and, and it's definitely been a – Definitely been fun getting to watch you on all the social media platforms. The quality of work that you put out, man, it's 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 unparalleled right now in the industry. What you're what you're able to do with that camera and what you're bringing to the to the picture. Um, for everyone that doesn't know, Levi is also a field producer for Matt Jennings with the game and going to be one of his mainline guys this year. And hey, we're excited to see what you do with him because we love Matt. That'll be fun at a, at a young age. He's in. Are you married, Levi? No, sir, not at all. <laughs> he said, <laughs> not at all. Uh, I'm living the single man life. Well, and you're at an age at 24 year old that you can enjoy getting out there and chasing game, and you pretty much at your own whim to go wherever you want to. Besides the work that you've got to do, but I'm sure uh, I'm sure you've got people back there taking care of the shop when you're not around. Absolutely, I can. My schedule is pretty flexible at the shop, so whenever I need to go somewhere, I can usually just pick up and head off whenever well first and foremost before we get into all the hunting that you did this year take us around on a little bit of a journey into the taxidermy side of things i know you told me that you were a third generation taxidermist and when did you really decide that you wanted to do that for a living uh it was probably my sophomore junior year in high school which i grew up working in the shop since i was in diapers I've got pictures of me and my dad and grandpa in the shop with me and doppers carrying around, aggravating the workers and stuff pretty much all done. But I grew up and just fell into the trade, I guess. Uh, my grandpa started it in 1969 uh, after he got out of Vietnam. And uh, he came back and bought, I think it was like a little $15 pamphlet on how to mount Tweety Birds is what it was. So I'm pretty, I think he mounted a little Tweety Bird and, it's just grown from there. And y'all grew up and y'all are from that area of Crossville, correct? Yes, sir. I was born and raised. That's awesome. Well, when you got into the actually being part of the shop when you got out of school, did it kind of take you a minute to, to understand, hey, this is what I want to do for a living and, and set your goals for yourself? Or you just been pretty much kind of sitting on the sideline and, and following in their footsteps on it? I kind of follow in their footsteps. I mean, it's obviously going to be my living but i would like for my photography and videography stuff to be another living for me too 
Was but that? I, I do, I do love my tex- the taxidermy side of things. Just the people I get to meet through there and all that. that that's the main thing I love about it. Just the people I get to meet. Now, the videography side of it and the photo taking, is that something that's just came on in the last few years, or did you have a background yeah, it, in that? No, it, my my mom was a photographer there for a while. Then I think it was probably a year and a half, two years ago, I decided to pick up her camera and just play with it pretty much is all I've done. And it's just kind of grown from there. And I just fell in love with it more and more every time I picked the camera up. Well, and you got to have an artist side to be a taxidermist, and I'm sure photography kind of falls into that same category. You got to have an eye for it, and you got to have a knack for seeing things that other people don't see, and so it kind of goes hand in hand. I feel like eighty or ninety percent of the photography's angles and stuff. It's all about just angles you get, and just something that catches your eye, like something you don't see every day, is what really sets you apart from everybody. Now, when it comes to the taxidermy stuff it's is that something you do you know when you're not traveling for hunting or is it something you do just on the weekends or is that that's no, it? It, it it's my full-time job the taxidermy is my full-time job uh, the photography and video is just a part-time job is there, any, is there anything you guys will not mount up there i don't think so y'all, y'all pretty if much you, do anything exotic or anything yes sir if you want to bring it we'll mount it What's your what's your yeah. favorite thing to mess with to mount? Uh, turkeys. I love, I love turkeys. Which turkey hunting and turkeys are my passion. Uh, step, aside, Alex, step aside, Alex. Step aside, Alex. Let me let me go get me a drink. I'm gonna <laughs> no, have to. I'm gonna sit here a while. Y'all talk this turkey business. <laughs> uh, it, it, what what would you recommend if somebody was going to get a turkey mounted? Would you like a full strut? I, I, a buddy of mine, he's got one mounted, just kind of like walking. Um, yeah, I do. I li- here lately, the there's a stand and walking pose has been my favorite. I like those a lot. I, I I don't. My dad's got one fully mounted. I don't have any mounted. I, I'm not a big fan of the full full body mount. They they take up a lot of room, man. They, they sure do. do. But the stand and walking, relaxed pose, dude, I love that. It's just something different that you don't see see often. Now turkey, I, I I've always been curious as to what prep work goes into a turkey mount. You know, we know deer. We know caping out a deer. You cape it out. You know, you wrap it in a trash bag, put it in the freezer with just the head on it, unless you can cape it off the skull and take the horns off yourself. But what do you do with a turkey? Is it best to bring it to you, the whole bird? Absolutely. The whole bird, don't make no cuts on it because having feathers and all that's not impossible. It's just aggravating. So what we do, it gets cut into four pieces all together. The legs get cut off, the wings get cut off, and it gets, uh, the, the skin gets caked over the body or whatever. Uh, the head gets cut off and sent off to be freeze-dried. Then uh, it goes through a flushing stage and a wheel, then a washing stage, then it's ready to be on the mount, the, the form. Well, what's, let me ask you this question. I seen this on a video here the other day about caping one out. Um, and you probably know what video I'm talking about, but do you, do taxidermists buy those heads, a turkey head? Uh, a lot of them do, but we, we use the original head of your bird and stuff. Yeah. And we send it to, uh, uh, Collie Morris in Missouri. 
he freeze dries all our heads for us. Now, now, do people buy those just for the simple fact that somebody may make a real close shot on one and mess it up that they need it? Absolutely. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm asking you this. Would it be best, like, if, if the listeners to listen to this to start cutting them off and maybe getting in touch with their local taxidermist? Yeah, like, sometimes we'll buy heads uh-huh. off that, but absolutely, that is a, that's a great idea to do. I mean, I would give mine started. away. I don't, I don't have to sell them. I'm not going to do anything with them, but um, – I just recently heard that at the end of the season here in Georgia, and um, no, absolutely. I mean, taxidermists, you do a bunch of birds, or whatever. You're always looking for heads and all that because you never have enough of them. Is there anything else that you guys could use off of a bird or a taxidermist themselves? Uh, wings. Yeah, wings and tail fans, which but most everybody uses tail fans mm-hmm. and the beard, you know. Yeah, but wings is a good thing you can do. Uh, in this case, one shot up real bad and all that. That's pretty neat. And just I hadn't and, thought uh, about that. and the actual the actual cape of the bird. Okay, if it's in good shape right there. Like we use, we can use those all the time too. Because you get some people, I shoot them low in the breast and blow all the feathers out of them. Then you'll need a, another cape for that. That's what I need to do. I need to get in touch with a local person because I really just I hate wasting them. Yeah, I mean they're such That's beautiful cool. animals. I hate just you know. Sometimes I bury them. Sometimes I just bag them up. But um, I mean, I try to say I started saving the wings this year. Just to I was going to take to a guy that builds um, wing wing bones and uh, just give them to him because I I don't want them to go to waste. So absolutely, that's that's the cool thing about the hunting industry. You so much of each animal. How many deer have you? How many deer have you seen cut come in there? Cut all two pieces on a terrible cape job. Oh, dude, I see probably 30, 40 a year that just jack them up. <laughs> That's what my taxidermist, when I bring him bring him deer, he's like, I got a good one here because I know you took it. And I'll say, well, I might have might have shot this one here or whatever. He's like, that's fine as long as you didn't cut it all to pieces. And And that's something that we've had to learn traveling out of state is removing the, the cape from the skull. I actually did several of them last year, and, and it's – I went down to Daryl's shop, my local local taxidermist I use, and um, I, I sat there, and, and his boys, they showed me exactly how to do it. And I'd worked in a taxidermy shop years and years ago for a guy. He used to pay me $5 to cape a deer off the head, and I wouldn't go back and do that again for it. Some of the nastiest stuff I've ever seen in my life come off them deer heads. Absolutely not. <laughs> do, you, do you guys take – I'm sure you – same thing as turkey. You take a hide off a deer too, correct? Absolutely. What we recommend people with their deer capes is go down to the knees and ring it right there. Then there's that white and brown hair that you'll make your incision all the way up and go like halfway back to the ribs and ring it right there. Like this for a, you never have too much cape. Do you have any turkeys left that you still got to skin out for the season? Uh, yes. I've got my, that Rio hen that I killed. Okay. Oh, well, wait, 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 hold on now. Let's not get too far ahead of it. We're talking taxidermy well, for what a I was second. Go, what I was going to say is, is won't you, uh, won't you make a video or something, Levi, and we'll help share it of how to skin the one out or even a deer, you know? Um, Absolutely. I can do that. I've got, I've got videos of deer caping deers out. Yeah. I mean, I, Man, think, I, I, I send probably 20 or 30 videos a year to people on how to cape stuff out just to bring it across state lines. Mm-hmm. Just because of CWD and all that. 
Yeah, definitely send me those videos over, and we'll get them put on our page for people. Because I know even Watson, he's not here with us tonight. A couple of years ago, he'd kill one. He called me, his son did, and he wanted to get it mounted. He called me, he's like, I don't know how to cape this thing out. And I'm like, buddy, I don't know how to tell you to do that on the phone. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, we skin every deer that I skin. If I'm not going to mount it, I do it from the neck down because it's easier to cut the meat off of. You can strip the hide off of it. You can cut the legs off. You cut everything off. And the carcass is hanging there. That's just the way I like to do it when I'm skinning them out. Absolutely. Not to use the hide. Now, if I'm using the hide, of course, caping it out from the back legs down. And yeah, I, I thought it was something everybody, you know, just kind of knew. I mean, but many people killed, you know, big deer or whatever. And it's it, you kill your first one, you want to do it right for no, sure. But <clears throat> like you said, to, the, to that point, me and you could make a video. But coming from a taxidermist that does it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It would be something good that we can start popping up. Well, and a guy like Levi, that with his editing skills and production quality, would probably be a little bit better than That's nine right. years filming it on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, most most of our video shows are soft shot off a cell phone. What's your video? What's your least favorite animal to mount? A hog. Oh, I bet that is tough. They stink, I guess, or is that? Yeah, and especially getting those big, thick armor plated ones. You you wear your arm out. Well, I but we we've got two two boys in the back that does all our fleshing and tanning for us now, so kind of takes all the grunt work off us, so we can just focus on our mountain and get everything out in a good quality time. Do y'all do it in a barrel, or do you do you got a fleshing rack, or I don't? I, there's so many different we, ways to do it. I'm sure. We uh, not all of our hogs and exotic stuff get sent the new method furs in Michigan, I think it's where it's at. So we send everything to. But all of our uh, predators, deer, and like elk, we get in. It stays in-house. We use a Pro 1 chemical town. Okay. It, it works really good, and we we've, we really liked it the past three or four years. Have you ever done a skunk? <laughs> I have. We've done several skunks. Really? Yeah. I, yep. They, 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 well, they ain't that bad if they ain't sprayed. Well, they, they still stink pretty bad. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about a badger? You ever mounted a badger? We have. We just got to <laughs> mount one the other day, and we mounted a wolverine the other day, too. That's what I want. I want a badger. I want, I want, to, uh, kill, I want to kill a badger. I'm, I'm buying a tag this year. you got to buy a tag in Iowa to kill a badger, and I'm going to buy one because I've seen three up there, and I'm shooting a dang badger. <laughs> That's all. That'd be awesome, dude. Y'all have a website, Levi? Yeah, sir. It's uh, wilsonswildlifeartistry.com. Okay. Wilsonswildlifeartistry.com. And you can also find uh, find it over on Instagram under your... Yeah, Instagram, Facebook. It's Wilson's Wildlife Artistry on there, too. That's awesome. That's, we're on all the social platforms. Well, getting out of the taxidermy game, I want to start all the way back on March 20th when you hit the road. You're in Tennessee. When did season open there, and did you start there, or did you start in another state? I actually started in Florida this year, and I, I got my Osceola down there. Man, he, he was a stud, bro. Congratulations. He had, like, he had like inch and a half hooks on him, those beautiful black wings. Man, it was just, he was just drawing up perfect. You just cut all that stuff off and throw it in the back of the truck? Yeah, yeah. Just cut the beard and spurs off of him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm actually going to mount him. I may never get to go to Florida again and hunt and kill one that big. 
So he's, he's a once lifetime bird. Well, tell us about the hunt. Don't Who's just don't just bounce around it. I want to hear about it. Nah, we uh, we got down there. Me and Turpin went down there and met up with our friend Nina Rogers. I don't know if y'all know who she is or not. I don't. But she's she's real big on TikTok and Instagram, whatever. But uh, her and her boyfriend had some. He has a guide service down there, or whatever. And so we met up with them and hunted two or three days. And the first morning, I was up the bat on the gun. So we get in there, and it's super thick, real palmettos. And there's a little, probably 30 by 40 little field in the middle of all these palmettos thicket. And sit down there and hear two or three gobbles. And I was like, dude, we need to sit down right here through the quarter strut Jake decoy out and all that. And I've done literally two yelps, and he comes flying into the decoys, struts in, and beats my decoys up, and I smoke him, man. It was his most perfect turkey I've ever been on, and the easiest one. It happened time I sit down, he was dead in three minutes. So, so you really didn't get the full South Florida experience like everybody else talks about, how, how tough they no, are? No, I – I got I got super spoiled on that one. <laughs> was this public land? No, private. Okay, okay. That's probably the way to go because I've heard public land. You, I heard you have to have a lot of, lot of years in down there just to yep. be to be able to um, tackle them just for the people and the amount of birds there, or the, the least amount of birds, I should say. I've I've always wanted to go down there and hunt, and I've never wanted to do the public land because I've heard so many bad experiences and stuff on it. So the opportunity arise that we could hunt this private piece down there, and we took advantage of it. So was this the first first year you went out of state turkey hunting? Uh, yeah, this first year I went out of state turkey hunting because I usually stay busy here. I got a bunch of people on our property okay. in Tennessee through the year. That's pretty cool, though, man. But, at a young age, I mean, this is. Um, I went to Alabama before, but really, it was just right across the line here from Georgia, but. This is my first year going out of state, really hunting too, and it's um, it's becoming more popular. And I and I told Alex, I wish I'd done this years ago, man. I'm I'm a, I'm a little bit older than you, so, um, but there's plenty. Hopefully, there's plenty of years ahead of me, and I can continue to keep going. So, oh man, I've had a blast. But once I left Florida, came back to Tennessee, and opened things up here, and took my dad and grandpa and stuff, then. Jennings decided he wanted to be a turkey hunter this this <laughs> spring, so I had to stay behind the camera most of the spring. How was that? How, how was that? Because this was the first time you'd done any filming of turkeys, or no? No, I've I've done I've filmed turkeys for like a year, year and a half, or two years, something like that. I can't remember how long it's been, but it is it is a challenge doing it, just because how good their eyesight is and trying to get good good setup so you'll have quality footage and stuff man it's just hard making everything come together you can attest to that can't you you, yeah would you prefer to film a a deer hunt or a turkey hunt oh deer hunt all day long really yep it's so much easier huh so much easier just a setup or the cover like you said the cover like covering everything up yeah just to cover thing up and because most time you got deer pattern and turkeys and stuff have their own mind and one little thing spooks them or they see something they don't like they're going to either hang up at 70 or 80 yards or skirt the other way and 
it just they're just aggravating animals, especially southern birds. That's right. So how did how did Tennessee season st- go off, start off? Awful, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. So you got your you got your <clears throat> you got your dad and your grandpa one. Yeah, my dad and grandpa and my dad and grandpa tagged out. My little brother killed two. I think my my sister tagged out. What's the limit in Tennessee? Uh, they bumped it down to three this year. It was four, then they bumped it down to three. So this y'all year. put a y'all put a whooping on them up there, didn't you? Oh yeah, y'all must we, got uh, y'all must got plenty of birds up there to be. Oh, uh, we we're a we're a very blessed area when we order to have the bird amount of birds that we have. Okay. Uh, last year, I seen seventeen birds die myself. In Tennessee? In. Yes, sir. Golly. I guess I'm going to Tennessee uh, next year. I, hey, I got the spot. Let's go. I've done been screaming that. Hey, you all want to go to, you want to go to Tennessee next year in the spring as long as I can shoot first we're going. <laughs> you can shoot all of them. I don't care. <laughs> you can clean all of them. <laughs> oh, hell, I don't know. Hey, Levi, I'm going to drop that bird off over to you get you to clean it. <laughs> hey, you just let me run a call and I'll be happy. <laughs> I'd rather call one in for people than me shoot one. Me too. What's your favorite turkey recipe? Hang up on us. Here you go. Did he hang up? I don't know if something's going on with your phone, Levi. You punching all hey, kinds of... Hey, can you hear me? Of- I got you now. <laughs> uh, sorry about that. I don't know what happened. I was asking, what's your, what's your favorite turkey recipe? Uh, I use... Pickled juice and ranch, and let that sit overnight. Then I'll make like my own batter out of flour and stuff, and deep fry it. I recently, I recently heard that. What's the pickle juice do for it? Uh, it tenders it up a little bit, and it gives you that kind of a chipotle chicken nugget flavor. That's what it tastes like to me. So, it brines it. So yeah. you mix the ranch dress and just any. I guess house ranch dressing from the grocery store. Yeah, I use like the hidden bat, the hidden valley, the little dry packet. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do just cut it up in like little one inch pieces and dump those out there, and there's that pickle juice. Just let it sit overnight, and it will make your tongue slap your brains out. <laughs> I well, can't we, wait to try it. We ate that down at KT. He, that's what. Oh, that's he had right. Done. That's yeah, right. That's what that's they right. had done. He's the one who told us about that. We we saw that for the first time and. It was, that's exactly what he said was to take, and I don't remember the ranch packet being part of it, but it may have been, I don't know. I don't remember everything from that weekend, but that's definitely something to try. Now, you left Florida, Levi, and went where next? He already said. Uh, well, all right, I'm screwing that up already. <laughs> he went up to Tennessee. And then from Tennessee. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I got to hunt a few days myself here, but then me and Jennings went on a, Three or four week turkey spree, see Mark. Y'all kill any? He killed one with his bow. He said that was pretty. Was a, he said it was a good. Got, got some good footage off of that. Yeah, dude, it, it was killer. It was killer, dude. He wouldn't send it to me to let me get a preview of it. I've been giving him a hard time about that. What state was that in? I don't know. But no, he. It, it was super cool. Went there, buddy Derek Cade. He has a turkey lands. What we call it down there and the first morning we stepped in that property i bet we heard 20 different gobblers was that in alabama no tennessee tennessee yes sir then like west tennessee area then we he came back and forth from there there three or four weeks and we hunted 
Then we went to the Stantlock thing in Indiana, and it was it was a it was a cool experience. I had a, a big RV sitting up there just for me and him. Was that on some form of an army base or something? Yeah, it was a it was an old army base or a yeah army base, and the lodge was in an airplane hangar. What the lodge is built into. Like, it was a super cool piece of property. I think it's like 4,500, 5,000 acres. And y'all got to hunt there in Indiana? Yeah. Did you do any yeah, hunting or was it just Matt hunting? Just Matt hunting. Okay. I was running the camera. Okay. Well, how, was yeah, the look, it was, how was it up there? It was tough, real tough. But they, they ran a lot of hunters through before we even got a chance to get up there. And the birds was just real cold, and all that. But other than that, it's just a great experience. It's the people we met and contacts you get to make. It, it was worth every second of being up there. We see we seen a bunch of birds, just couldn't make nothing happen. Did it feel like you were hunting in Tennessee? It felt more like South Georgia, Alabama. More like you know how stubborn those birds are down there. <laughs> yeah. This public land Alabama bird. Okay. Then where'd you, where'd you guys head from Indiana? We actually came back and finished Tennessee out. and uh, I killed a bird here and got to hunt with my dad and brother and grandpa back here some. Then last week, me and Nina went to Nebraska out there with our buddy uh, Thomas. And there's a 3,000 acre piece of property with a big valley running through it. It was beautiful. And uh, the first day we was there, I bet we've seen a hundred different birds. Just groups and groups and groups. Then we got on a bunch of birds, but anytime like there'd be like big ridges and fingers running down to there with like little coolies running it and separating them. And time you'd get down those coolies and pop back up. The birds have done been disappeared or dropped down into the cedar thickets. They just made it. It's made it real hard. Now, but, was, uh, was that your first time out west too? You said. Yeah, it is my first time turkey hunting out west. Yeah, I've I've actually been out west six or seven times. And I went on an antelope hunt a few years ago out west. What do you What do you think of those Merriam's goblin versus the eastern? Oh, dude, is pathetic. <laughs> me and Nina looked at each other like, "What is this?" <laughs> even even the hens out there, they sound weird. They do. It, they... it sound like it sound like a Jake gobble, except worse. Yeah, is what those Merriam sound like. Yeah, they're uh, they can move too, can't they? Oh, dude, they're like we watch these one birds across the the valley. Like ten minutes, they probably moved a half a mile. Like they just continuously walking all day as soon as they fly down they're walking all day exactly what you said nick <laughs> today on, they got some wheels on. i got some wheels on them you can't you can't catch up to them like a like well, an eastern absolutely bird not. absolutely not and the thing is is getting in front of them out there's always figured out if you can get in front of them or find out where they want to go you're you're golden but the but the last morning we was in nebraska uh, we roosted probably around 20 or 25 birds and seven gobblers in that bunch and got literally 30 yards under a tree the next morning, got there super early, 
and I started calling, and there's seven hens flew down on our side. Then the rest of the birds literally flew across the valley onto the other hillside. Did like you, we had it, we had them dead to rights, and they've done exact exact opposite of what we thought they was going to do. Did you notice a um, a difference in the way those hens yelped? Yeah, absolutely. It was a real real raspy, and I don't know. I can't explain it. I thought they kind of, I thought they like whined a little bit more. Like I didn't feel like they did. I I didn't feel like they had as much rasp to them when we were in South Dakota. The ones we had, it was real raspy hens. Okay. And like they, you know, you know that little whistle they do. Yeah. They they whistled a lot more. Okay. They, they made to, they made totally different hen sounds than ours. But <clears> they uh, they continuously called and gobbled all day long though. Did you did you run into a problem a scenario where you might have um, got on some birds the maybe a morning before, and you went in there, and and you went to try to go back in there the next day, and they they roosted in a completely different spot. Absolutely, we done the same thing, man. That's that's kind of where it came down to us too. Was we we was hunting public land, and we thought, well, we heard these birds in here. We'll get back in there and try to get underneath them the next day, like a you know like an eastern bird, and they're going to go back to the same place, but they don't roost in the same place, do they? No, absolutely not. Like I said, like that played out probably we was hunting. You just have to see it. It was just a big valley and nothing like cedar and I guess little cottonwoods on the side of the little hills and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they had roosted in all those. But just wherever they ended up the next day is where they roosted. That's they it. didn't have no this day they didn't have no like set place they was going, just took off walking as soon as they hit the hit the ground. Yep, that's it. We well, uh the birds that we roosted the night before we our buddy thomas stayed in the valley to see if this case they did fly across he could kind of tell where he was and of course that's what they done so it was literally like a mile walk just to get in front of them so like we got in front of them and popped up on the hill and had this gobbler at 65 yards and stinking cows he stayed in front of the cows the whole time <laughs> until they got out of sight yeah like we we sh- we should have had one of them, but the cows kind of got in the way. Just just one of those things is unlucky. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it, a, I'm sure it was a good experience, just like myself, just like me going. Oh, out there. A- absolutely! I learned so much. I did too, man. I'll be, able, I'll be able to take it back there next year and capitalize on it. I feel like. You think you guys will go back to Nebraska next year or somewhere else? Yeah, I think we're going to try hit Nebraska again, then Montana. And Wyoming's a plan. Okay. That's that's the plan anyhow. Good Lord willing. But yeah, I'll 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 probably go three or four weeks earlier than what we did too. Now what weekend did you go? Uh the last oh, weekend oh. is the last week of season up there. Okay. So like the middle oh, of man. May? Yeah, it is twenty Memorial Day weekends we'll never last we left last Monday. Okay. So when we left, okay, and hunted all that week, and we got back yesterday. Oh, okay. Wow. How was so the we, drive we, out there? Uh, I think it was seventeen hours for us. Oh man. We 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 literally left last Monday, drove straight through, and got there at four o'clock in the morning, and threw a camo on and went hunting. Sound like y'all, Nick, but traveling. Said <laughs> that was a lot longer drive than what y'all had. That's right. Yeah, we. Uh, so where'd we you guys stay at? 
where'd you guys go before then, or did you go somewhere after that? Uh, I went to went to Kansas after that. Okay. We went uh, around the Manhattan area right there where the university is. And, man, it just a cool piece of property. Our buddy, uh, y'all know Blake Ross with TSS shot? I don't. He's a, he's a Georgia boy down there, but he, he owns the tungsten. He makes that tungsten, whatever, and he sends the shells and stuff. So one of his buddies actually had, I think it was like six or 700 acres altogether in this big river bottom of nothing but cedars and cottonwoods and stuff. It's a killer piece of property. So we got we got in there and hunted a few days, and the birds are just done out there. Uh, not much gobbling or nothing, but uh, he had plenty of pictures for us and all that. So it was the last last morning or last yeah last evening we was there. Uh, me and her was sitting in the little box little box blind on the back side of the property, and I seen a hen out there in the field. I was like, oh, there's a hen. Like, I pulled my binoculars up, and I was like, hey, Nina, this right here, she has a beard. And which Nina, all she, she liked was a Rio finish her Grand Slam, but she was kind enough to let me shoot one of them. She's like, you can, you can do the trigger on the Rio, whatever. Blah, blah. I was like, all right. So, literally, this hen comes 200 yards across this field. Me and her yelping back and forth, and she dives off into the river bottom. Well, but- Ten minutes later, she starts in a fighting purr. So I start doing fighting purr back and clucking and yelping, and she pops up about ten yards in front of the decoys right there. And uh, I smoke her. But she had a seven-inch beard, I think. Nice. Man, it is crazy, dude. Which I'm, I'm probably gonna get a lot of hate for shooting a bearded hen, but that's a, that's a once-in-a-lifetime bird. Uh, there won't be no hate coming from us on it. That's it. That, I actually saw one. And I forgot to tell you this, Nick. Cross the road in front of me the other day, a, a hen flew out on my road, flew across, the, and had a had a beard. Really, four or five inches long. Yep. I and I'd heard there was one around. Now I don't know if you can, can you kill a bearded hen in Georgia. No, I didn't cannot. think you could. You cannot. Um. So we can, we can kill them in Tennessee. I'm pretty, yeah, we can kill them in Tennessee. Yeah, we can't kill them here in Georgia. I've seen probably three or four. I had one back here behind the house. Um, I've seen three or four around Georgia, but, yeah, you can't take them. I think this one behind my house is probably six or eight inches. Um, but I haven't seen her since season started. So somebody might have got her. I don't know. Now who, That's crazy. When you, you keep saying Nina, you're hunting with Nina, who is that you're hunting with? Uh, She – She's a girl. She has like forty or fifty thousand followers on Instagram and like two hundred thousand followers on TikTok. And she uh, grew up near her, you. Uh, yeah, she lives in East Tennessee up there, like Sevierville, where the Bass Pro is up there. Me and her has been friends for four or five years, and we try to take a hunting trip every year together. Gotcha. Yeah, I've I've seen her on Instagram and stuff. For she's a hammer. Yeah, she's she's a killer. She killed a, I think like a. 165-inch deer with her bow this year in velvet. God almighty. We're going to get her on talks of deer hunting, maybe. Oh, dude, she, dude she's a killer. Duck hunting, coyote hunting, whatever, man. And she's a she's super, super good girl, humble about everything. Now, when you, you first started going out of state and, and getting to experience these places, Levi, 
what was your first thought, you know, getting out to these places? You'd seen pictures of and everything else. And I'm not talking just turkeys this year. I'm talking when you said you'd went out west, even on an antelope hunt. What was it like for, you know, a Tennessee boy to get out there and see that? Oh, dude, it's, it's a whole different lifestyle out there, man. Uh, like I tell everybody, I'd pack up tonight and move out there. Like Wyoming, Nebraska, wherever. I, I love it out there. But my antelope hunt was my first out-of-state hunt. Uh, me and a buddy went out there. He has some friends that had some land out there in Gillette, Wyoming. So uh, me and him loaded up with our bows and went out there. And the uh, first evening we was there, I shot my antelope. He's like 60 or uh, 75 inches. Well, he, he made Pope and Young. But we uh, get there, and it's like starting to get last light, and we see this big goat out there and i asked jeff i was like dude that's not good going. He was like, yeah you better go after him right now uh, me and coker hop out of the truck and literally use a uh oil rig to hide us to get like close enough to him so i had coker uh lean out beside the oil rig and range him he's like 65 yards right there so i popped out and smoked him just double wound him he made his death circles and died that's that's pretty cool. That's a that's a pretty cool thing too. Like whenever they're hit good, they'll make two or three death circles and they'll they'll die right there within thirty or forty yards. What you shoot them. So what you're saying is, if you make a bad shot and it takes off running wide open, you you're gonna be looking for a while. Oh yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be looking for a long time because <laughs> everything's wide open. You can see for miles out there. Yeah, we. I think they killed four goats while we was out there. Uh, we all, everybody that went out there with us killed a goat. And I'm, a, I'm actually going to try to go again this year. That's something I'd definitely like to experience some days, going to chasing Man, them. for. The, did you eat it? Oh, dude, it's the best eating. I love it. It, it. It's tender, like real tender. You can cut it with your knife. We've heard that. We've, we've heard, heard that from... You know, several people, and then we've heard it ain't worth a flip. It tastes nothing, just yeah. like sage. I, but I, I like you're the only person I've heard say it. Well, Robbie and Mike Young's the only ones I ever heard say it. So that's, I've heard from three people. Two of them <laughs> said it was great, and one of them said it wasn't worth a flip. So, well, uh, it, it is. It was delicious. We we'll just have to go kill man. one and and improve and figure out, won't we? I guess. Let's go. Hey, where we at? Load the wagon. <laughs> I ain't got nothing but time, son. Of course, all you got to do is set over them water things, don't you? Yeah, that's a that's probably what we're going to do this year. They're, they've had a dry spell the past couple of years, uh, right there where I go hunting, and uh, a disease came through last year and wiped a bunch of the herd out. So he says, probably going to sit over water holes this year. Well, we can swing right on by, Levi. We can head right on up that way. You can jump in. All right, let's do it, man. I'm ready. <laughs> oh me, that's awesome. Hey, Levi. you ready? You ready for deer season? Mom, I cannot wait. You've been shooting your bow? Um, I've got to go sit up. Jennings just sent me one of the new bears, so I've got to go. You looking forward to Dude, shooting that bear? I am. Well, I've got it out of the box and felt of it, and I, I actually like it a lot. Okay. I do. I didn't know how well I would like it, because most people think of a bear as a Walmart bow or the Bass Pro cheapos or whatever, but bear actually has a bunch of high-quality bows, man. Oh, sure. Um, I, I was very impressed with what they had. 
and just watching Jennings shoot his and how fast and quiet it was, I was I was very impressed with them. Dude, there's been a there's been a many a deer die under an old bear bow in, in my uh, hands and guys all around. I mean, I I shot a bear for years and. I shoot a Hoyt now, and I love my Hoyt bows, but I wouldn't hesitate a bit to go try one of the new bears. My man, like I tell everybody, the technology nowadays with bows is so up to par with each other. It's just all what feels good in your hand. That's right. What are you looking forward to most this upcoming deer season? I'm actually looking forward to the bear hunt we go on. We actually start in Minnesota. We're actually starting the three-day velvet hunt here in Tennessee. Then after it's over, that day after it's over we literally hop on a plane and head to minnesota for five days or six days on a bear hunt with a tony d with 4t outfitters yep. he runs a kill he runs a killer operation up there man yeah we talked to i him. remember matt talking yep. about that yep seen his videos of it yeah dude it, it's just a crazy experience there ain't no hardly no cell phone service and you're in the middle of the bush pretty much out there is what they call it and i think we're like 15 minutes from the canadian border Wow. Something like that. Yeah. Man, it's just, it's just good people and a great experience, and I love it. Then uh, after that hunt there is over, we fly straight into Nashville and head to Kentucky for six or seven days. So we're, I'm literally going for two weeks straight right there, then I'll have a little bit of a break. Now, but do I it. think we're going to go ahead, I'm sorry. do what? No, go ahead. But yeah, we... Uh, I don't know where we're going to hunt in Kentucky this year. I'm probably with TJ and them with uh, one fatal mistake outfitters mm-hmm. up there. Man, dude, they have they have a killer operation up there, dude. Maybe y'all can maybe y'all can put an end to that story to history Matt's got with with a few deer up there. Oh, uh, dude, that that place is cursed. That piece of property, I swear, is cursed. Where are you guys going to be settling down for the rut this year? Uh, I think we're hitting Kansas. He got drawn for Kansas this year. Nice. So I'm sure we'll hit Kansas wide open the rut. I've got a trip in Ohio I'm going to. Okay. Uh, with with Dan Kaufman and them up there. He's a he's one of our good buddies. He 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 actually killed a number three or four uh, bow kill in the world. He's like two ninety seven from Ohio. Yes, sir. Wow. He's he. He's one of our good buddies. He's just a hammer of a deer. But, yeah, well, I think we're uh, Kansas, Illinois, Ohio, and probably Oklahoma all in November up there. 288-inch Ohio giant. Yep. Ah, dog, how did I never look at that deer? Man, that's crazy, ain't it? God almighty. Now, you, hey, Talking about big deer, Levi, y'all've got a pretty uh, storied history with, with the gentleman that killed the one in Tennessee, correct? Yeah, Stephen Tucker. So tell us about Stephen a little bit, and I know you and I kind of touched on it a little bit. Stephen is the nicest guy you've ever met in your life. It's the most humble guy you ever had in your life. In your life. But if I had killed that deer, it had been blown out of proportion. Everybody, <laughs> everybody on social media has seen it ten times over. <laughs> <laughs> But he he's just, he's just super humble about it. But Steven's just a great guy. Uh, y'all need to y'all need to get him on the podcast, man. He's he's has a good story with that deer. Yeah, we'd love to hear that yeah, story like hear from it. him. I'd I'd love to do that one. That's something we've talked about for a while. And we'll definitely need to circle up on it. But when you're doing your taxidermy work, this is something that always comes, I guess, 
with with the territory or, or whatever it may be. Do you ever get tired of just looking at deer, or is it something that's just kind of embodied you that you're not looking? You're looking at it differently when you're seeing those deer. I mean, like any other job, it kind of gets old sometimes, you know. But just seeing different deer every day is cool too. I do like that part of it. But no, it it don't get too old. Work, working with the family gets old sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a it's a challenge every we all, day. We know? all know how working around family can get sometimes, but oh yeah, but no, it it is it's a blessing at the same time to still work with my family. Right, right. I do enjoy that. That, that is good though that you can, you can still go hunting with your grandpa and your dad, and you sound like you have a good passion and a good drive to go out and you know hunt with them every spring it seems like i don't know if you deer hunt yeah. with them much but well i do my, my grandpa don't deer hunt much he's a he's a turkey hunter he's actually he's actually the one who got me into turkey hunting i can remember sitting in his lap at six or seven year old and him aiming the gun and let me pull the trigger mm-hmm. out there that's, that's how my turkey hunting began have you have you done any competition calling i have not you going to i have not eventually maybe i will yeah I've, people I've, people tell me all the time i need to do it but it's just hard for me to find time well let me ask you this okay. levi what's it what's what does levi carry in his vest uh i usually run i've got a guy in pennsylvania he custom builds all my calls the way i like them my diaphragm calls i run a diaphragm diaphragm 99 percent of the time okay that's what i run what's your but cuts I, uh i use a combo cut and he has a bat wing except the center part's a lot wider than a regular bat wing okay so he he came up with that cut himself mm-hmm. kind of and i really fell in love with it and i he puts my own stretch and tension on it the way i like it okay and it just run, it just runs really good for him for me but i'm a I'm a combo cut guy most of the time. Okay. Uh, it's just real easy for me to blow, and I get good sound, and I get the key keys and all that with it. I really like, I really like using key keys a lot. Now, what else you got yeah, in there? Uh, I'll run a slight call, or not a slight call, but a glass call. Mm-hmm. Uh, I use a Woodhaven glass call. Then I've got a, got a guy build me a custom uh, oh, acrylic call. Okay, I really, I really like it. Have that's you, that's what I have. You slipped up, and got you a trumpet yet? I have not. I've been wanting to try one of them, man. Yeah, but I have, I haven't done it. Look up I, Kevin I really Dorsey. Like, I, I made the um, I made the swap over this year and got one from Kevin Dorsey. But check his out and check uh, Mark Prudhomme's out. Are they are they hard to run? Not as uh, if you want to, uh, to Leo, Let me say. Let me say this. If you ask me, I just yelp basically on mine. I can cluck uh-huh. a little bit. I'm basically just yelp. But if you're asking Kerry Terrell, no, they're not going to be hard to run. He can do anything on it. Um, <laughs> but if you're just asking me, then, then I mean, they're tough, but they have a unique sound to them. And I actually heard a hen in a tree this year right at daylight. And a buddy of mine, he looked at me and he said, man, he said, "If I didn't, if he said, if I wasn't standing here with you, I thought you'd be over in the woods, and you sound that sounds just like that trumpet you got." So, um, I killed my first bird in Georgia this year with it. So, 
special. That's awesome. Yeah. I've been wanting to give them a try for a couple of years now. Yeah. And I just haven't. Broke down and bought one or tried learning it. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll probably pick one up this fall and start running one. Yeah, they're, they're, a, lot, they're a lot of fun. It's just something extra to keep in the bag, you know? Absolutely, that's what I love keeping extra tools in the bag. <laughs> me too, man. Um, and I'll I'll carry three or four uh, mouth calls with me too, and I'll swap them in and out. Have Just, you have you uh, do you have you used a tube call? I have no, I haven't used a tube call. Yeah. Now that that's very I, hard to me. I bought one of them, and that's that was very tough for me to try. I need to I need to venture out and do more, but I do. I get real bad and stay in my comfort zone. Yeah, and not and not adventure out and try new things and, and stuff. Now, I'm, if, it, if, it, if it works, I don't, if it's, uh, it's not broken. Don't change it. That's right. Now I'm not a box call guy. How about you? No, absolutely not. I don't care when there's too loud carrying through the woods. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't like all the racket they make. Yeah, they're. Uh, they're I, I, I can run good, but I've heard I've heard like some good ones, man, and they. I mean, they make they make good sounds, but I'm just not a. I'm just not a fan of them. I ain't either. Like, like I said, they're just too noisy for me to keep my vest. Yeah. Just crawling around or stuff like that. It's just too much noise for me. I don't like. Well, Levi, you've been in the you've been in the industry for a good while now, and I mean, you're still a young guy. You got any advice you'd give anybody that may be coming up in the outdoors? Man, just work hard and stay true to yourself, man. That's all I say. Yeah. And just keep 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 your nose to the grind. I can say anybody like if you want to reach your goals, you just gotta keep grinding, dude. Is anything that you is anything that you done five years ago that you learned that you might still use today? I know that's a tricky question, but is there a tactic that you use every spring turkey season? Stay patient. Yeah. I'm I'm very bad about not staying patient. I've got to sit down and make myself stay patient with birds. Or even deer hunting, dude. Just patience. I think patience is the biggest tool that you can use. And woodsmanship's the biggest one. Just I learn stuff every time I go out. Like I'm, when you quit learning, you ain't gonna be no better. That's right. I'm, I'm learning constantly, listening for different sounds and all that. Like out there, was Nebraska actually heard some gobbling yelps. It was pretty crazy. We came, we thought it was hens. We came around the bend. It was actually gobblers. Did some gobbler yelps. I'll be dang. It, it's pretty wild. It is, man. It's just it's 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 fun to get out there and and just see different parts of the world or the country and and um there's more to see out there that people need to get out and and um that love this. They don't they realize they don't realize what they're missing out there. No, absolutely, dude. Like don't you, be scared to go out. Like you said, we get stuck in our comfort zone with the same turkey calls and same this, same that. And if you like hunting or your passion, just go try it somewhere else just to get some knowledge and, and just enjoy the scenery because there's better, there's better sceneries than just climbing up in an old pine tree during the, during the fall or sitting on a big ridge in, a, in the spring in Georgia. Absolutely, man. So. Not a, I'd be I'd say I'm not scared to go, go public land. Yeah. You know the problem, man. There's like out west. There's plenty of public land. There's plenty of birds out there, there, dude. There is, and you know, I took myself out there, and we hunted public land. And I know I said this on the earlier podcast, but I got frustrated, and and like Dave Owen said, take a take a drink, not a sip, man. And I threw, I threw, I flew through South Dakota, and never just 
felt like I enjoyed it until the, like maybe the last day. Didn't get you a drink? Yep. No, I didn't get me a drink, man. I didn't stop and sit down and think, man, this is, you know, I was too worried about killing the turkey when I should have just been enjoying the trip. So. Yeah, I'd say we was like the second day, like we legit sit up on this ridge and just watch for like two hours. Just, I'll sit up and just soak everything in. Mm-hmm. Like, just because I felt blessed to be out there, I guess. Amen. I step back and like, man, a lot of people going to do this at my age. That's right. Well, and you know, that's something that you bring up an interesting point on. And I'm, I'm very pleased to hear Levi speak the way he does at 24 years old. Absolutely. It gives me a, a greater hope that, you know, I knew he was going to be a fun guy to talk to, but he's become somebody that yes. I'm really excited to, to speak with again because we we continue to sit here and talk about, you know, what we want to do on the podcast or whatever it may be. And how far, Levi, we could sit here all night and you tell us what turkey set you're going to do here, sure. what move you're going to make on this deer and this, that, and other. But how many podcasts out there are, you know, asking you, well, what do you do for a living? What do you do? You know, what do you enjoy yeah. most about this? And that's the thing that – it's just different for us. We want to hear those things, and you bring a you bring an approach to it, man, that I think is going to make you. I honestly am excited to see what you and Matt put together as a team because I think that's something that's going to help Matt a lot is having your young, charismatic spirit and the settled approach that you come with on anything that you do. You you're you're a creative artist in itself when it comes to the taxidermy stuff, and anybody can attest to that that's seen your work. But when it comes to the videography side, you're taking it to a whole nother scene. And I think uh, I think you together will take each other to higher limits um, through, you know, through maybe something that each one of y'all was missing and finding in the other. Yeah, it, it's funny because we, uh, we do Nick Bunt's work, of course, and uh, Catching Deers guys and a few guys from like Mossy Oaks and the senior marketing managers there, whatever, and people will see – be on a platform on Instagram stuff, and we, me and Nina was legit in Kansas out there. We had these three guys come up to us. I was like, you, Levi, and Nina, whatever. I was like, yeah. Then, like, they could talk to us. Like, man, we was scared to approach y'all and just didn't think y'all would be as humble and stuff as you was. I was like, dude, we're just, we're just normal people, man. Just doing what we love. Yeah, and I think that's the thing that we continue to, to find in the people that we get to meet and we've been fortunate enough to meet it's going to be cool one of these days for you and me and Nick to sit down somewhere and, and, you know, maybe go on a hunt together or learn from each other and in whatever aspect it may be. But it goes right back to the younger guys that we're getting on from, from up in Ohio with the full draw boys. I mean, they're, they become people we talk to on a, a weekly basis. You know, we're always pinging each other back and forth and we're helping each other as, as much as we can. And I think that's cool. It is. I wish the hunting industry is more open about things and stuff. Well, that's what we're trying right. to do. That's what we're that's what we're building on and building the relationships that we get to with each other and kind of have a kind of have it. You know, hey, it's time for us young guns to take this thing to a different approach. It's not all about you know the negative that that kind of gets put on the younger people. I mean, we're in our thirties, uh, absolutely, and it's our job to you know be stewards of that and carry on to the next generation and maybe make. You know, maybe make something out of the things that we're trying to do. Absolutely, the way I approach everything, the hunting industry, the hunting world, dying breed daily by daily. If we can get like one more person out there, like this, one more license hold, conservation, and all that, and the way we portray it uh, needs to be a little bit better. I feel like. Well, uh, and that's clean, our job to do that. 
Absolutely. Giving blood and tongue sticking out of deers and all that, that ain't good uh, image on the hunting industry, I feel like. No. And kids walking yeah. around in the road kicking a possum back and forth across the road because they think that's something cool to do. That ain't that ain't no way to promote our, our sport. Absolutely. I've uh, We've had a bunch of like TikToks taken down, whatever, and I seen the other day a guy had a goose kicking it around. It is so unethical and all that, dude. It's, it's pathetic. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. that's the negative negative nature we don't need on our business and, and I don't wanna, I don't wanna have any association with it. No, absolutely not. And it just gives non hunters more of a, a they can put more of a thread on us with that, I feel like. More fuel for the fire. Absolutely, ma'am. Levi, Absolutely. um as we're wrapping up here, man, I got a I got a couple I got a real quick question for you. Um first off Give us some. Um, you got. You want to give anybody a shout out? Uh, yeah, I'll give my dad. My dad, uh, he's been. What's your dad's name? Nathan Wilson. He's Nathan, Nathan Wilson Tax Service on Instagram. Okay, that's uh, one of our main pages or whatever. And uh, same thing on TikTok. We do a lot of TikToks and stuff. TikTok's the new new platform to reach more viewers and all that now. When you, what do you, what do you do on TikTok? Do you, is it mainly taxidermy stuff or your? Yeah, it, it's just, it's just mainly like time lapse videos and stuff. Okay. We do a lot of time lapse videos on there. Okay. Uh, it's just a different platform to reach more people. Right. And it's a bigger platform. We can reach more viewers and all that on there. But yeah, my, then my brother, he, he helps a lot in the, he does all the finish work and stuff at the shop. What's his name? Uh, John Luke Wilson. John Luke Wilson. Yep. But yeah, he. What's your grandpa's name? Uh, Grady Wilson. Okay. Well, for everybody out there listening, we're not we're not related, so um, <laughs> we we might be related on down the line somewhere. But um, man, what do you what are you thankful for, man? I, I know I know it's obviously family because you're a big you're a big family man. I can tell by the way you bring this, what you've brought to us. So, what else are you thankful for? No, I was being able to get out in the woods and hunt every year, man. Yeah. Cause, I mean, that could be taken away any second. Uh, I enjoy every second I get out in the woods. Don't take one second for granted. Like I mean, like I said, we I actually had a we had a wreck in Nebraska going to Kansas. Yeah. We uh, I went to turn and a woman T-boned us right there uh, on our way down. Then was thankful no, nobody was hurt. Yeah, after that right there, me and Edith said, like, dang, because right that could have been a lot worse than what it was. We might not ever got to hunt again. Yeah. Um, all that. Um, crap, I just lost my train of thought. That's my fault. Uh, Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Somebody sent me uh, a video. I was like, what is that? I opened um, it. No, I, what I was going to say, Levi, is, man, like Alex said a second ago, you being 24 years old, man, I don't feel like I'm talking to a 24-year-old that's in the woods, man. You, you're very put together. You're very grown up. You kind of know what you want. You know where you want to go with this. So, um, thanks for being that way. Keep sharing your stuff. And, um, Hey, man. hey, make some of those videos, man. Make some of those, um, send us some. He's already yeah, got them. Yeah. Make, yeah. Send us some of those. Let us post some. Have you done, have you done anything about caping any birds out? Like if, if somebody's going to be flying or anything like that? I, ha- I have not. Okay. That's what we usually tell people to do. Yeah. It's very simple. You'll take a take a 
paper towel mm-hmm. and wrap around the head to keep all the blood and stuff off the feathers. Yeah. They put a Ziploc over that, uh, took the head in between the wings, then take like a black trash trash bag or white one, whatever you got handy, then put it down the feathers, uh, then tape the bird up with like flexible tape, that bag. Mm-hmm. Then if you have a piece of cardboard, you'll take and cut that piece of cardboard in half and lay it on the bottom side of the tail feather and the top side and tape that just so the tail fan don't get smashed. Mm-hmm. Then we'll put it in like a cooler or a cardboard box then in a cooler uh, with some dry ice. You should, they can get it there and give you plenty of time to get your taxidermist. Okay. Now, can, pe- can people mail stuff to your taxidermist? Absolutely. We get stuff shipped in from all over the world. Okay. Us. That's uh, cool, man. There all, all addresses and all information on all of our social media platforms. It's, it's super easy to find and super easy to do. Well, we're going yeah, to we're gonna try to get some traffic headed that way for sure. <laughs> well, listen here, Levi. Thanks for coming on, man. I'm going to spin over to Alex. Thanks so much, man. I hope you have a um, good summer and looking forward to uh, seeing what you guys do out there in the in the deer industry, This uh, or the deer woods, I should say, not industry, but. The industry, too. <laughs> yeah. We're anxious to see what you and Matt yeah. do together in the deer industry side yeah. of things. So, I, can, I can keep him in the tree stand. We'll be fine. Uh, he, you, he gets tore up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's the truth. He gets excited for sure. And But in, in I, like I said earlier, I think that's going to be something that's very good for Matt and you and him getting together is your slow, drawn-out, very methodical way of doing things, I believe, will help Matt a lot. And, it's kind of like me and you over here, ain't it? It, it absolutely <laughs> is wide right. open, and you slow me down a lot. And it's Nick's brought a lot of it, it, this podcast never would have worked for me and anybody else. It would have been a you know a, a a mismanaged, messed up, jumbled up mess. And Nick's brought a, a calm to my storm, and I think that's kind of what you're going to do with with Matt. I, I think it's going to be a very good relationship, and I'm excited. Hey, I'm excited. Hey, hey, hey. Anything needs that good balance in between there. Yep. Which Matt, he's ADHD, wide open all the time. I, <laughs> I ain't never been diagnosed with it, but I probably could be considered it anyway for sure. You ain't no, you ain't no worse than Jennings. I promise you that. Me and Matt got together our first time. Um, it was two, two or three years ago in Illinois. We I walked in the first night and we really didn't know each other. We kind of were putting an odd situation with with how we got put there together and uh we got to talking with each other and it was story and then it was a story for me and a story from him and we sat there talking till midnight you know going back and forth with each other and after that year we really got to to talking in the off season and and then last fall we really got to talking a lot more and now he's become someone I talk to weekly I mean we're bouncing each other ideas off of each other and he'll call me and say what do you think about this he says he says slick every time what do you think about this slick and we yeah. got going on with this, and and it's been a great relationship. And you know, after talking with you, I, I knew I knew from seeing the stuff that you were putting out there, it was going to be a fun conversation. And and I'm glad that you took the time to to come on and be with us. I'm thankful for that, and um, I, I look forward to you know our continued relationship down the road and, and helping you out in any way we can. Absolutely, man. And people learn a lot from that. Matt's a wizard at your hunting. He really is. I've learned. I've learned. I've learned a lot myself just by being around him, riding ten, twelve hours with him in a truck, just listening to talk about deer hunting stuff. I learned so much about that. But he really is a wizard at it. He's eat up with it. He is. 
Maybe you'll make yeah. a turkey hunter at her all out of him. No, absolutely not. <laughs> he, he, he's not a turkey hunter. <laughs> I, I, I hope you don't listen to this. And he'll, he'll call me as soon as you listen to this. I am too, turkey hunter. <laughs> uh, hey, you well, just got to call it like you see it, right? Absolutely. Well, <laughs> well, I'm excited to see what you guys do this year, and uh, we'll definitely be in touch with you and be talking soon. Absolutely, man. I've, I've had a blast. Well, Levi, we appreciate your time. For everybody that don't know, Levi Wilson, the turkey man on Instagram. You can find uh, Wilson Wilson's Wildlife Artistry on uh, Instagram. You can find all their information there. If you're interested in getting some taxidermy work done in Tennessee or anywhere around the country, you can find it. Reach out to them. I'm sure they'd be more than happy to help you out with anything. What's your TikTok handle, Levi? Uh, it's Nathan Wilson Taxidermist, or our main one is. Got you. All right, we'll follow it on TikTok because we, we'll be checking that out. We like TikTok ourselves, so we'll go over there and see what's <laughs> going on with it for sure. So, um, like I said, for everybody here at Talk About It Outdoors, Levi, we want to thank you, and uh, we'll be talking to you soon, man. I appreciate the opportunity, man. Thank you so much. All right, thanks. See you later. I right, will see you all. All right, everybody. Nick, what a humble young man he is. You know, Very, very humble for his age, man. And – if you haven't had the opportunity to see the work that he's done, go over to his Instagram page and check it out because to see a 24-year-old third-generation taxidermist, now I know anybody can have their own opinion of what a taxidermist should do or what you know work they should put into it, but it's something that you carry with you for a lifetime when you, you spend the money to get an animal mounted and you know getting it done – by somebody that's going to take the time and care and compassion and, and put the work into it that you know they will, it definitely gives you a thought, you know, hey, maybe I need to get in touch with those guys and do something with them because it, uh, it was definitely a fun episode, and I'm excited. Excited to see the future for, for him and everybody and everything he's doing. i got to call him. i got to get one of them T-shirts from him. He got some cool T-shirts? Yeah, look good with Wilson taxidermy walk around on my back. It would. Ah, <laughs> dog. <laughs> Levi, get us. Hook us up. I'll have to text him and send him that. But I, I'm excited to see what him and Matt do this year. Absolutely. Um, I think that I think it's going to be a great relationship. Give a shout out to Matt too for. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and you know as it goes, as we follow along, Matt Jennings has been one of our biggest proponents for some of the relationships that we've been able to build. Mm-hmm. I mean, our relationship with uh, Chandler Elmore and, and uh, Southeast Wildlife Innovations would not have happened because of Matt. Um, the conversation we had tonight with Levi would have never happened uh, without me getting in touch with him. Um, and the growth that Matt wants to see out of this podcast, you can tell it's there, especially when I talk to him on the phone. He wants us to be successful, mm-hmm. and he's not afraid to tell me, don't do that. Yeah. Or, you know, he'll he'll tell me, don't go down that pathway or you're not going to be happy. Yeah. And that's pretty cool to see somebody that's succeeding in the industry I mean, we ain't nothing to nobody, but we're something to ourselves, and we're going to continue to grow this thing as best we can. And, hey, he's right there with us. I swear, I think he's on board 100%. Well, speaking of Chandler and Southeast Wildlife Innovation, better be getting your minerals out. Yep. Anybody that that hadn't – Better be getting your chufa plots in for your turkeys. And – Beans should already been in the ground. Beans, yeah. Clover plots, whatever it may be. And if you need any of that stuff, you can reach out to Chandler and all the guys over there. You can get in touch with Matt Porch. You can get in touch with Emmett, and they'll be sure to set you up. They sell and carry all the real-world wildlife products uh, that Don Higgins and his team put together. 
And if you haven't seen what those guys been doing over at Genesis and uh, Ray, golly, they've been they plant some cool stuff. They do. I saw him and Greg Ritz up there planting uh, miscanthus. They've been planting trees, and I had no idea what this stuff was, and I've been following along with them. I'm like, that's pretty cool. That I mean, cool. they're doing neat stuff, and and they take the time to teach you what is good for your herd. Yeah. And I think that's something that I've never really thought about, but I've been talking to Chandler left and right about what can I do to improve my properties. And, you know, those guys do property management. If it's something you want to see, whether you got five acres or you got 5,000 acres, those guys are, are definitely somebody that will be willing to help you out in any way they can. So I'll keep, I want to keep plugging this in, too, for a couple more weeks. Um, if everybody heard the episode with the KT team and they weren't able to donate and still want to donate, go over to their website, buy your T-shirt, buy your hat. Anything that you buy on there, that's, that's you're donating to them. Yep. You can find some great information about the KT team there. It's uh, it's something I don't I don't know if we've talked about it enough, but you're going to continue to hear us uh, talk about it after listening back to that episode today. It kind of relit it back in, mm-hmm. inside of me what we did down there and what what everybody out there listening did with us. It wasn't just us. I mean, it was everybody that donated, whether it was a dollar, whether it was five hundred dollars, whatever you gave, you gave a piece of you, and we sure appreciate it. Yep, and they do too. And some good old boys down there. So I'm looking forward to all these friendship that we've made. Made some fun ones, ain't we? we? <laughs> hey, old buddy. Had a wire plane's getting ready to jet fuel up, ain't it? <laughs> One more time. <laughs> One more time, Nicholas. I, hey, Pod, I, I'm proud land for on. you. Podcast land ain't going to know about it, but uh, mm-hmm. in the real world, I know about it, and I'm excited for you and Blaine to get on another trip together. Um, I'm, I'm definitely excited to see what y'all, what y'all do up there. Um, shout out to Mayo for... Mayo got us hooked up with Uncle Jesse. That's going to be a fun episode. I can't wait to. We I'd like to get Uncle Jesse on the on here, but I'm afraid he probably we, he might. Well, it might be might have, have really to edit. edit that one. I'll have to write down notes as we go on that one for uh, for editing it. But good luck to you. I hope y'all have a great Thank trip. Thank and you. Uh, thanks again to Levi for coming on, and uh, thanks for everybody out there. You know our continued supporters, and uh, we look forward to. Dropping another one for you real soon. So for everybody here at Talk About It Outdoors, we want to thank you for tuning in, and we want to remind you to smile as you go, and remember, mouth of memories.